Please listen carefully. Just paint a picture with with your words. If there's something that we don't want, and I go through and I edit. edit. Usually it's editing me. It is episode eight of the Bibliotech Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's more than ready to delve into the awkward preteen phase. <laughs> it's Steffi Light with our special guest, the better Bauman, <sighs> Melissa Bauman. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> we know the Elementary School Media Center is a safe, magical place for many kiddos to explore mirrors and windows. We also know transitioning to middle school can be pretty overwhelming at the start of the school year. Can we draw a middle school map for our new middle school students who just forgot their locker combinations, couldn't find their second hour class, and are having a bad hair day, and now, surprisingly, actually care? (laughs) So, you know, I I was thinking about this, and I was going way, way back into my days in middle school, which, you know, it's kind of hazy, and there's kind of a sepia tone to it. And I remember going from that elementary school library, which was so safe and so comforting and, you know, it's the place to go and into middle school and already panicked about everything. And then there's this huge space. And where do I start? Where do I go? What what, what does that look like for a, for a sixth grade student? And maybe this isn't the direction you're going, but that was the first thing that I thought about. Well, one thing that I'm doing this year is focusing on the sixth grade students so that they feel more comfortable. So I've spent the last couple of weeks having orientation uh, for the sixth grade classes. I just finished up at West uh, Middle School. All the students came down with their teacher. We went over the policies and procedures, and then I had a scavenger hunt that was created for them. And they worked with a partner to explore the different spaces of the library, to um, examine how the collection collection is arranged. And um, then we'll follow it up with the online resources during their second visit um, to the library, which will happen in two weeks. So I hope that they feel more comfortable already. And those, you know, the move from our elementary spaces, yes, smaller space, fewer kids, but our middle school libraries are just as welcoming and just as friendly and working on those same things, mirrors and windows. And um, once our kiddos get acclimated with the schedule and find, um, feel comfortable with their classes and all that, the library is just another wonderful place with lots of amazing resources, both middle schools. So we're excited to... um, have our sixth graders up in the middle schools and really excited to have Melissa in the middle schools. Um, Melissa is new with us last year into the middle school, but if you want to just tell us a little bit about what world you came from. Sure. Um, I am definitely uh, very familiar with middle school. I spent um, seven years in Chicago teaching um, at the middle school level. Then I took some time off. And then when I came back and was hired by TCAPS, I was doing a little bit of elementary Spanish and then made my way back to middle school because because that's where I feel happiest. Um, so I spent seven years teaching Spanish at West Middle School. And then when the position in the library opened up, I was extremely intrigued by that and wanted something new. And now I'm working on my degree. So I think it's been the perfect choice for me. And Melissa's splitting time between both schools. So kiddos will see her in both buildings, East and West. And as well as um, our LMPs that are in both buildings who are there to help students with all sorts of checkout, check-in, book recommendations, anything. Those libraries are really um, top-notch and functioning really um, with students' needs first and doing an amazing job. So we're thrilled. Completely agree about that. So what what are some of the differences between that elementary school library and the middle school library what what can they expect that's maybe maybe the same that'll that'll comfort them and what are some of the differences that might expand 
what they expect from a library. I think in terms of what would be the same, um, the access to all the literature and all the nonfiction and all the resources that kids would be looking for for their own exploration and interests and um, personal learning as well as in-school learning, the logistics of how they visit the libraries change when they move into middle school. They are much more um, individual focused in terms of they're going on their own time more often. Sometimes they're visiting with classes, but um, in elementary, they're always, for the most part, accessing the library with their classes, with exceptions. They do go down a little bit, but um, I would say that they are more independent users with, and I would say that's the same for a lot of middle school. I mean, they become more independent students. They're visiting classes, you know, switching classes, making that switch. So it falls into that same sort of shift that they make in middle school. But I think all the things that they love about the library are there and even multiplied when they move up into the older grades. And I think that especially the ELA teachers are committed to having those library visits with their students at the middle school. It just might not be as frequently. Um, I think most of them are on a a biweekly visit, Um, but I have already started working with those teachers that have been coming in. And they do tend to bring their students in for maybe the first uh, half of the period or the second half of the period. So maybe a little bit shorter visit as well when they come as a class. But they are still committed to bringing their students down. I have have these questions, so I'm just going (laughs) to throw them out there and feel free to say, Larry, I've got my own and I would like to actually throw those in there, too. So what are you guys doing um, to promote the middle school library? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The first thing that I noticed when I arrived on the scene last November was that there really wasn't an online presence for the library. So I followed the model of both of the high schools and worked with Rayanne to create a webpage for both East and West middle schools. Uh, It has access to the online catalog and the students can have access through the uh, to the databases. It has other um, great resources that are available on the web for them. And it also showcases Uh, what's coming up in the library. So we're um, featuring the author visit that will be um, happening on the 30th at East Middle School. And at West Middle School, we have a display going on to honor uh, Banned Books Week. And it looks fabulous. Oh, thank you. Finding that online um, presence, is it in the cloud? Is it on the TCAPS webpage? Right. So I wanted to make it as simple as possible for the students. So um, when they come to the cloud, they have a tile that they can access the online catalog specifically, or they have a tile that will take them to the uh, webpage for each middle school. Um, so it's it's one click. I have a question just going back a little bit. Um, when the kids are coming into the middle school, and as we were talking about, they're accessing the library, sometimes more independently. When are the middle school libraries available for kids to use? Yeah, um, we cover this during orientation. And it's exciting because most of the sixth graders have already been utilizing the space, even though they didn't really know how to navigate the space. <laughs> so pretty much around 715 in the morning. They're welcome to come in before school. Uh, Both libraries stay open for about 15 minutes after school. And then the students are um, welcome to come in during lunch. As long as there isn't a class that has the space checked out, they can um, stay for the entire time after they've uh, been in the cafeteria eating. So there's lots of access. Yes. As much access. And then, of course, if a teacher um, independently wants to send a student down, as long as they have a pass, they're welcome to come in and use the space. And just because I know there'll be listeners who may not have been in our middle schools, the space can be used in lots of different ways, but both sites have like a a really comfortable, like welcoming reading area, kind of like a bookstore, you know, that feeling of some really neat, comfortable chairs, some reading spaces, some learning spaces, some whole group learning, you know, there's the the space accommodates lots of different um, needs. And I think there's a spot for everybody in the library. Make sure to visit. Yes. If you're marketing to a student right now, what would a student not expect 
going into a middle school library. If they have the, the traditional mindset of what a media center a library is. You had mentioned one thing already, the kind of book story oh, type of feel. Yeah. What else What else would they be surprised, maybe, or would surprise them? I think many of the students um, during the orientations have expressed that they're just surprised at how many books there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, not, so. they're just not used to having a collection that's as large as what we have at the middle schools. Maybe they'd be surprised to find the number of playaways that some of the sites have. The playaways are Another format to listen to an audiobook. It's everything's right there. It's kind of like an MP3 player, which is kind of a fun technology for for it's a little bit like I would say almost vintage a little yes. bit. It's kind of like <laughs> sort of like a Walkman for that. That's not for the middle school kids to know what I'm talking about. But um, East in particular has a really large collection of playaways, which have been very popular with students. I think our students would be um, pleasantly surprised to find all of the extra activities that happen through the library. I know that the book clubs have been mm-hmm. really popular. Lots of um, contests and reading motivation and the author visit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's they would be surprised by all the activities that and would fit different niches and kind of like some maker activities, puzzles, all sorts of things that you can you can explore in the libraries. Yeah. East Middle School um, last year um, purchased a button maker. So on Wednesday, students can come down to the library in the makerspace area and create buttons. Um, they're 50 cents each, but that's been extremely popular. Um, the book groups at West, we call it a book group. At East, we call it a book club. Okay. Um, but those have been extremely popular, so much so that this year at East, we have to have three separate groups rather than just one that we had last year. Uh, so we're going to do those by grade level. And at West, I've already had quite a few entries, especially since I was advertising the uh, book group during the orientation. So many students um, signed up while they were in the library. And I, I feel that that's going to be extremely popular as well. I have peeked at some of those book group titles and there are some amazing books that were selected for those groups. And mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. I have a question and it's kind of a, just from like looking at your side of the the day, is there a typical day for you at all? (laughs) I haven't found it yet. (laughs) I didn't think so. No two days are the same, right? No, in fact, uh, not at all. Maybe a little bit these past couple of weeks because I've really been focusing on the orientations with the sixth graders. But other than that, I would say no. Um, I'm in the classroom a lot doing presentations on the databases. I'm doing book talks in the library for um, classes that come down that complement the unit that they're working on in their ELA class. I'm working on behind the scene projects like the web page and OverDrive. So I I pretty much just am doing whatever I need to do on a daily basis to tackle about 20 different things. (laughs) How do we or do we tie what happens in the media center to the classroom? And I'm guessing the database, the databases are that answer. So how does that communication take place? Well, um, prior to last year, um, nobody really was using the databases because they weren't aware that they were available to them. So that's a problem. That's a problem. That's why I wanted to make sure that we knew what resources were available and we had a, an easy place for them to be all be stored. So um, now that the most of the teachers are aware, because I spent a lot of time in the history classes last year, the language arts classes, um, some of the sixth and seventh grade um, social studies classes. So I think that now there's just the 
this general awareness of the database and people are hungry for it. So I spend a lot of time in the classroom showing the students the tools that are available um, when they use the research database. And they are extremely slick. They're awesome. I mean, they align with our Google Drive. They can take notes right in the database. They can highlight. Uh, they can send things directly to their Google Drive. So I think that most have been extremely impressed with how easy it makes the research process. And it's all vetted materials, so students don't have to take those necessary steps when they're just doing a search online to prove the authenticity, check the author's credentials, and which are steps that they're unfortunately not taking on their own. So I feel they uh, are extremely happy to have somebody doing that job for them. And then, and also you mentioned, but um, integrating what choice books the kids are reading in alignment with their units for ELA. Right. So when they're making a choice book selection, there's options that are given that have similar themes that and complement what they're learning in ELA. So ELA is a main focus in, in terms of working with the library, but getting into all the other subject areas as well through the databases and through research projects that the kids are working on. So is the database available just within the TCAPS network, or does it kind of go with you with your Chromebook? Uh, Actually, it's available. Um, two of the databases are funded by the district. And then I made the decision uh, last year to purchase one um, specifically for the two middle school sites. And that one is called Research and Context. And it is designed for middle school students. So all of the content is very age appropriate and the topics go along with the curriculum that is generally studied in the middle school. So there's people, cultures, government, history, literature. Um, it just, there's a wide variety. You know, we've talked about this on many of the EdTech Loop podcasts in the past and Bibliotech as well. Curation mm -hmm. is so important because when you have all that information out there, it, it's, it's, it really is overwhelming. And as we were mentioning earlier in the open, Middle school students don't need to be more overwhelmed. No. They're plenty. They're plenty overwhelmed. <laughs> right. So Fully agree. to have to have a database that's that sounds super user friendly and, mm -hmm. and you guys have you know vetted it well, that's got to just make their lives a little bit easier. It's a fabulous resource. You know, I'd like to think that they know how how wonderful of a gift it is, but I don't think they really remember <laughs> like doing the stacks of note cards where you had to put the author yeah. and highlight and organize them by topic. So, unfortunately, I just don't think they they realize what a gift it is. Well, you know, and I think I think it's it's not only a gift. They don't have that perspective right. of that. But going into the online environment and just doing research right. there where right. you have so much information and to not have some level of curation and vetting before you step into it, it stops people's research there right. or their research is just poor because, right. Right. you know, they're going to sites that, that have maybe less than credible information. It really can send somebody down the wrong path right. or stop them immediately to have a, a, some vetted research, some curated research for them where they can go and just kind of do a one-stop shop really simplifies that oh, process. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes out that whole element of the need to doing all those steps that making sure that the information is valid. And I think the students are surprised because one of my slides in my presentation is showing them the checklist of what they're supposed to mm -hmm. be doing if they're going to do research just doing on a Google search. Mm -hmm. And they're surprised to see how many steps they're supposed to be taking. And they fully admit, I never do this. I never do this. And, I, and my follow-up is, okay, if you're not going to do that, then in order to be um, somebody who is doing good research, you need to rely on the database. You know, just being able to even 
know to access a database and to select the database that's a good fit for your research and having those available to our kids. Like it's just setting them up for those research skills moving into high school and then into college and 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 accessing the database, which is so user-friendly, but being able to access those tools. So you're not having to do all of the by hand, making out, you know, writing out the way the resource needs to be um, cited and all of that. Like it, it really simplifies the process. I almost feel like we should have a different name than database for our middle school <laughs> students. Because I'm just thinking, you know, Super database, database, good. database, and the middle school kids going. Super cool research yes, tool. That yeah, looks like some of my students in my presentation. I can't say it's the most lively presentation to talk databases with oh, middle school students. But I try I like, to throw I, in some jokes I when like I can. The, I like the super cool research tool. <laughs> yeah. a, can we find I some do. alliteration in there? I have to work on that. to work that into my next one. The other aspect of this, the other partner in this is a parent is the parents. Mm-hmm. Do they have access to that um, that slideshow? Are we sharing that information? So when the student actually does get home with their Chromebook again, because that's the great thing about these these tools mm-hmm. is they can bring it home. If the parent isn't there to prompt necessarily those students, that's that's a partner that we were missing. So are we communicating with them? on the database, on the super cool uh, research tool. (laughs) tool. Um, I think at this point, most of the students would probably have that responsibility simply Mm -hmm. because they would be able to show their parents through the cloud how they access those. I know that when I do the presentation, I'm always um, clear with the students that they can access this off-site. They do not need to be on a TCAPS property. Um, They might be prompted with a password, but it's clearly stated what that password is. Um, And hopefully that their teachers are requiring them to do the research outside of school as well. And the parents would then come in contact with it. As I, I don't think that we're necessarily um, putting thing, anything out there directly to the parents at this time, but that would be a great a great way to mm-hmm. move in that direction. Share all of that with what's, you know, all the resources in all the libraries. I, I would assume that their daily updates or their weekly mm-hmm. update um, communication with parents might include, we had a research presentation over the databases this week and so forth. Right. And if, you know, if parents are accessing assignments in PowerSchool and can see something like that coming up, they may prompt them to ask their student about, you know, what does this entail and what are you using for research? And hopefully the students will remember that. They have this great resource, and and they're already using it at home to share. This super cool research tool. That's the one. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm patenting that, by the way. It's trademarked, trademarked. already. Yes. I'm <laughs> switching the title on my webpage right now. We need like a little character, an avatar <laughs> right. for it. So. I can see it. Superhero. I may have gone too far. I apologize. <laughs> well, my only other it. question was, um, I mean, you know, your days are, are very full, and no two days are the same, but are there any up? Coming um, events or projects or anything that you're excited about or that you want to share? Um, well, we do have the author visit that I mentioned that's yes. taking place Tell us on more about September that. 30th at East Middle School. We were lucky enough to secure um, t- uh, a couple of times uh, in uh, Peter Larangis's afternoon. So he'll right. be coming and speaking to two different groups of students. We're going to host that in the library. Um, students were made aware of Uh, books that they could purchase, that they could get signed copies of his work, any work, not just the one he's promoting, which will be coming out in October, which is throwback. So I hope that that communication went out to the families and that students are making those purchases and can actually have a conversation with him when they go to get the book signed uh, following the presentation. So 
That's taking place on the 30th. The book clubs are um, gearing up. We have East Middle School. The preliminary meeting will be this week. And then West, we will be doing our first meeting uh, mid-October. We are looking at perhaps Girls Stolen um, for the East Middle School selection for eighth grade. And for the selections at um, West Middle School, I have to to figure that out yet because I just need to know what the numbers are to see how many we're going to have and how many copies I can secure. So I know you have great choices. So. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I'm not going to have any problem selecting a book. Do you have a tech tool of the week? I would say our tech tool of the week is the, the databases and specifically research in context that is middle school specific right. and not subject specific. Mm-hmm. And that can be accessed on the cloud through the tile. Right. And it is a, um, a resource for all subject areas in the middle school and very, as Melissa said, middle school specific. So we'll include the link and more information about the Tech Tool of the Week in the show notes. To close it out, uh, updates, uh, latest EdTech uh, Loop pod. Cast was out, I think Wednesday it dropped um, on parent communication, which is kind of nice. That's why I brought yeah, up the parent communication perfect. thing. Um, we're recording a new one on Thursday, and then the technologist um, has one, I think, next week as well. Um, David Noller, he also dropped a tutorial on YouTube on the technologist YouTube channel, uh, TCAPS communication protocol. So, very district specific. If you're interested in how a large district like ours or any school district communicates and manages to keep all the the craziness you know, <laughs> under control, we try. There's some good ideas there, Great. so I think everybody can yeah. use that. Um, in closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPSLoop. At Steffi Light. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. We love the feedback. Exercise your mind. Read a book. <laughs>